She is a digital marketing specialist who can spin the meanest website around. And he's host of the TV show Buzz, which features nonprofit organizations receiving marketing makeovers. Here on Buzz for Good, we talk all things nonprofit, the people they serve and the good they do. And we talk to creative professionals and provide marketing tips and tools to help your nonprofit achieve more. That's right. Buzz. Buzz. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Buzz for Good. I am Michael Hemphill, creator and host of this podcast and the PBS television show, Buzz, where we feature the great work that nonprofit organizations do in our country and the marketing professionals who donate their time and talents to help nonprofits achieve more buzz. You can find out more about Buzz for Good at buzz, B-U-Z-Z, number four, good.com, buzzforgood.com, or on our social media channels, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, at buzzforgood. You can also watch episodes of our TV show, Buzz, on our YouTube channel, at buzzforgood. At the start of the pandemic in spring 2020, fundraising events for nonprofits, like everything else, went all virtual. Since then, many if not most events have either stayed virtual or adopted a hybrid model that allows a nonprofit's friends and fans to attend in person or online. I recently had the pleasure of reconnecting with an old college friend of mine who way back in 2012 started Swell Fundraising in Birmingham, Alabama. At the time, well, Swell Fundraising was ahead of its time when it came to helping nonprofits with virtual and hybrid events. Today, though, because of the pandemic and its lasting impact on community gatherings of any kind, Swell Fundraising and founder Brooke Battle find themselves in prime time. Brooke, I am delighted to be here in my hometown of Birmingham, Alabama, visiting with old classmate from Birmingham Southern College. And I'm excited to hear more about Swell Fundraising, which is what? It's an online fundraising platform uh, that is designed specifically for events. So and as we were talking about recently, I um, had a lot of experience with event fundraising. And so we designed a platform uh, that would really meet the needs of nonprofits with events and online campaigns. Well, why don't you start off by sharing with us what was your experience with events prior to Swell Fundraising? Oh, sure. Um, well, first, we, there are a lot of hard work for anybody listening. Yep. Have been there. Um, <laughs> everything from table centerpieces to the ticketing to getting people to respond, all of it. There, there are a lot of hard work. And, um, and I wish we'd solved that. There's still hard work. Um, but what we did set out to solve and what I noticed with our event is that I, we weren't getting a lot of data from it. Um, I didn't have all the names of the attendees. Um, I felt like there were people who would give to the event that couldn't come. And so, like, I was an event chair, and I was telling my friends, like, I need you to come to this event. And they had a kid's soccer game. And I, I, I knew, like, if I had a way for them to feel like they could give to it, sort of maybe in my honor or because of me, that they would give even though they couldn't attend. And so the whole idea behind Swell was to, to recognize that every event has characteristics of an online campaign and that it, it can have an online presence like an online campaign and the ticketing and all works through that, that all those people who can't attend but will give, will give, and that we would increase uh, the fundraising and we would increase the number of donors for that organization. 
and um, and it did. Um, the first, the very first event we did increased by twenty percent. Um, wow. Our average is eighteen percent across our entire portfolio in year one. Um, we brought in that first year one hundred and thirty-five new donors, which I knew was the most that organization had had in the whole year. Yeah. So, but that was really just data. We were all ready. That was really just because we had better data. So, using the platform to do that meant that we um, we raised more and we had better data. I mean, the 135 new donors, they were probably already participating somehow with the nonprofit in the event, but they just weren't being captured for fundraising purposes. That's right. That's right. I mean, many of them were smaller donors. You know, we had had a really beautiful wine auction before, but there wasn't really a way to give a small amount and feel good about it Mm -hmm. at that event, Mm -hmm. Um, short of writing a check and giving it to a friend, something that no one would ever remember to do. And so now someone could give $50 and not attend the event and feel good about it. Um, And that's really where the growth came from. Um, The average donation size on the platform is $137, so which is a number I love to quote. (laughs) Fantastic. So, uh, So what year is this that you founded Swell Fundraising? 2012. 2012. So it's been a bit. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, 2012 was the first year. Um, I didn't set out to start a company, so it took us a while to figure out that it was a company. It was really, truly, it was really, truly for a nonprofit that I love, mm-hmm. loved, love, still love, and um, and so it really wasn't thinking of oh, we want to build a software company to serve nonprofits. It had a very immediate need, and so it did take two years after that for me to really morph that work into a company. So I always think 2014 is really when I you know, really came out with a product that could be used by a lot of other nonprofits. So, um, But we actually live streamed. That very first event in 2012 was a hybrid event. So we live streamed it. We had text to donate, all things. <laughs> way back in way 2012. Way back in 2012. Wow. Uh, we, we, had, um, we actually doubled our audience. We had as many people online during that event as in person. And uh, it, was, it was really, we did a lot, we made a lot of mistakes, which I happily share with clients who are now <laughs> running hybrid events. Because there's some yeah. mistakes you make when you're not thinking about what that virtual audience's experience is. is. And we made all those mistakes. Right. but. Well, I think all nonprofits are familiar by now with hybrid events having, well, it's mm-hmm. kind of still in the midst of COVID. And we'll get to that in a little bit. I want to talk a little bit more about the growth of Swell. And so 2014, you officially kind of launched uh, over the years, this, uh, up till COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, how many nonprofits are you, do you count as clients? Uh, we have just over 200 nonprofit clients. Um, uh, prior to COVID, it was around 200. Right. Uh, that did jump up to about 350. Um, uh, with with COVID, um, and I'm I'm never shy to share that when we started in 2014, it was too much technology. Um, mm-hmm. It we were we were selling a virtual platform, uh, a hybrid platform. We were talking about some of the things that are being talked about today, but we were that's what we were talking about. Is in fact our original tagline was "Go beyond the venue." That idea of getting right. outside of the four walls of the venue. And it was just too abstract. The right. market, the nonprofit world was not just not buying that. And so I did spend a lot of time trying to sell something that the nonprofit world was not ready for. But they would say, but I really like your table process. Can, can I just have the table process? Or we really like your ticketing process. Or let's talk about text to donate. And, and I really learned to really focus on selling a great product of what people want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so from 2016 to 2020, 
we really focused in on our event management tools, the data capture, and really kind of shelved that virtual. We, we stopped talking about the virtual module completely hmm. for years um, until the pandemic hit again. So, again, I yeah, did. again, <laughs> yeah. again, and again, yeah. right, yeah. right, which variation <laughs> right, uh, right. or variants. Um, mm-hmm. So, COVID does strike though in mm-hmm. spring 2020. Every nonprofit, every, well, of course, everybody's affected, but nonprofit wise, you know, they're still figuring out, all right, how can we do fundraising, especially those uh, nonprofits that were relying on events to raise their, mm-hmm. their funding. So, describe. Uh, describe what is the virtual event that you specialize in. Sure. Um, thanks. We love it. Well, you can tell it's like, it's like our child. Like yeah. you, you talk, ask me to talk about one of my children. Um, so the, um, the virtual event that we have at Swell um, is, it's, and there's several characteristics that make it really excellent for nonprofits. One is, is that the registration and ticketing process is completely integrated with how a, person joins the virtual event. For many nonprofits, that became a very disconnected process. And so that created a place of confusion for guests. Mm -hmm. And and that ends up becoming 100 emails to you asking, where's the link to the virtual event, (laughs) right? Right. So it's seamless. From the moment they buy the ticket, it's very clear where they're going to go, the reminder emails, all of that. So that's one factor that's really important. And then they... um, they're able to log in and see all of the chat, the live stream, and the giving all in one place. So let's rewind just a little bit okay. and kind of give us an example of what a virtual event would be for a nonprofit. Oh, sure. Um, well, in 2020, um, it, it really ran the gamut of what a virtual event could be. Um, for many, they just took their existing program from their luncheon event and filmed it right. and so they would okay. have the speakers i can remember the very first one in april is all the all the speakers were there masked distance on a stage there's no audience and and they filmed essentially what they would have done during the program the chair got up the ceo got up spoke they showed the video that makes you cry all of that you know uh-huh. a year later they became a little more and we learned and coached clients through this too is that they turn a little more into a show, like what you do, like where you realize that the CEO can't talk for five minutes or you lose your audience. Right. Where you've got to create a lot of variability. And so I do think those those programs all morphed a little bit as okay. we learned. Okay, um, so in, in this hypothetical, it would be the nonprofit that typically had a luncheon mm-hmm. where you would pay a certain amount for either an individual or a table to go and hear about the nonprofit's work and perhaps even make other donations while you're there. That's right, Okay. That's right. Okay, so now virtually it was really much the same uh-huh. um, but we pivoted a lot of events that were in progress so well, that that one I'm talking about was a 1500 person actually it's a 1200 person seated luncheon event Ooh. and we pivoted to a virtual in three weeks and um, and they ended up with 1550 people online concurrently from 110 different cities watching this luncheon event and the program mm. really didn't change that much it was just broadcast, and everybody was at home watching it, chatting with each other in the chat, giving, connecting that way. You know, does it replicate seeing a friend at a luncheon? No, we've learned. Gosh, do we know that so well now? Right. Um, but it, um, in, it a- in April 2020, it was probably still very new and mm-hmm. felt like you could stay connected with the nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And I think at that moment, people really enjoyed the familiarity of it. But yeah. the fact that they ran the program the same way that they 
like it's a lunch that's been around 20 something years. So it's a, it's a well-worn program, <laughs> you know? So um, I think the familiarity of it was really nice for people in that moment of, yeah, that, you know, they know the drill. They've yeah. been to that luncheon 20 years in a row. Right. So I think there was, it was a, that was, a, that was a special event. Sure. Um, that was a really special event. So, but we've run some, there's some that are more like shows like dancing with the stars and those are easy because they really are shows. Mm-hmm. So, just it's just a broadcast of the program exactly as it as it happens. Okay. Um, the hardest ones are things that are very networking heavy, cocktail parties. It's it's hard to broadcast that. Right. Right. Okay. So, so where is Swell fundraising now, as far as in terms of the pandemic and providing mm-hmm. hybrid fundraising options for nonprofits? What what would you say has become the trend over the last? well, 20 months now? Well, unfortunately, it's hard to mark a trend. We've, that's been actually a hard part for our company is that is that the adoption of virtual has been in fits and starts as the pandemic has rolled on. And so, um, you know, we very much, because we have believed for a long time there's merit in hybrid. There's there's merit in hybrid even outside of a pandemic. And, and so, you know, obviously I mentioned our roots are in that for a reason. And, and that's it. Nonprofits reach more people. You raise more um, with hybrid. So, it, um, so we are definitely marketing and pushing that hybrid model because we just think as a development director, you'll sleep better. You will sleep better at night knowing I have a backup plan in place. Yeah. I already have people buying tickets to that. But if you need to convert people back into virtual after they've bought an in-person ticket, so easy to do and we did a lot of that with the delta variant Mm. Um, we had a number of hybrid events in fact those clients that were hybrid went along seamlessly sponsors that needed to go you know you get that call from the sponsor that says we no longer authorize people to be in person they all of a sudden had virtual tickets and it was really easy to pivot backwards and backwards but to move into um, a virtual option and then we had calls from client from nonprofits that were panicked Mm-hmm. And you cannot do a lot when you only have two weeks. Yeah. And so right. um, I, that's, that's what I would say is the, the, to me, if it's not a trend, it should be. It should be hybrid events, have that virtual in place. There's merit in it anyway, and you're going to sleep a lot better. Yeah, I've noticed just in some of the in-person events I've been to over the last couple months that, yeah, there's been – every one of them has had a hybrid option. There's mm-hmm. been the opportunity to kind of – tune in, even if it's just a Facebook live feed mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, the event space where, right. the, where the event has been, has been so much bigger than what it would have been before just to kind of give people a little more uh, breathing room. Right. There's probably been an outdoor option as well, mm-hmm. uh, just so you can escape to there if you need to. So mm-hmm. I, I really, I don't see that changing. I don't, I don't either. The feedback, there are a couple of things that are really neat about it. Um, one is we're hearing back from nonprofits that there, there's a section of their donor base that likes being able to tune in online. Yep. Um, some of them are older, and they don't want to drive downtown to the venue. You know, They like being able to tune in from home. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that factor. I think they also saw that there are people who are geographically stretched out that are, are fans of theirs, that they right. were missing. So mm-hmm. there was this invisible piece that they saw through hybrid. The third thing that's been harder to put our finger on, but we've seen it through device usage, as well, and stick with me here, is, okay. is, is what we call event equity. Hmm. And so 
there are real barriers to events, especially like the galas, but even a lunch. Like you have to have a certain kind of job to be able to leave your office at 11, go check into an sure. event at 1130 and maybe not get back to 130, you know, and um, and so what we saw is we saw for the first time, you know, maybe program recipients of of a, of a nonprofit on their virtual event, commenting on directly on how the program helped them. I'd never seen that. Mm. That doesn't happen at an event, right? right. And so, um, and so I do think it created access, which for many nonprofits is mission centric. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and we could see that through device usage. It's hard to track who is on. You know, we, we're not capturing income levels of, of guests and right. all, but. Um, Anyway, we just saw we saw that and anecdotally heard that back that it it created equity in access to the event and and the giving and um, that just feels right for a lot of nonprofits yeah, right. and um, so that's um, to me that's the most moving part mm -hmm. of, of it is to see those comments coming through from a program recipient during an event directly saying how much that organization helped them you just can't you yeah. can't make that up right like that's, right. There is a, I mean, mm -hmm. we talk about missing out on networking opportunities with in-person events, but there is a social networking opportunity with the virtual realm mm -hmm. that yeah. maybe doesn't happen in person. Right, you know, right. You know, right. you're not walking around liking or loving or, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> emoji yeah. people's comments when you're, yeah. you know, in person. But, That's true. you know, yeah. you know, so, yeah. social yeah. network, yeah, you can do that. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So it's fun. I, okay. I love that piece of it. And we've really tried to think about how to put some numbers to that mm -hmm. as well. Um, it's just hard to, without collecting too much data, which is a whole nother podcast on. <laughs> sure, right. We're, we're trying not to collect too much data. Yeah. Uh, we, we're really very private about who was in our system and mm -hmm. take data privacy very seriously. So it, it unfortunately, we can't, we don't want to track that much right. data yeah. on somebody. Well, speaking of the data that you do collect, <laughs> I, you know, obviously, uh, one of the pieces that you were showing me earlier is that, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, just getting people's email addresses, yes. you know, so previously you would, if someone were to invite mm -hmm. you to come to an event and sit at their table, you know, the nonprofit may not even know who you were. Right. Uh, but now through yours, uh, your platform, you know, they have to put in an email address and if nothing else, at least the nonprofit has your email address that you can, yeah. they can connect you with. That, um, so yeah, that is probably the biggest part of, um, it, initially the biggest part of, was the biggest part of the design because that was what, I, the perspective I came from yeah. was trying to, like I wanted everybody's email address. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, one of the best features on Swell, per our clients at least, <laughs> is our table management feature where mm -hmm. a, a host can invite their friends and our system will send out an invitation on behalf of that host. So it would say, you've been invited to this luncheon by Michael Hemphill, can you attend? And I confirm. But in that process, you've verified my email, my mailing address, and so you have the vast majority of the names and addresses of all of the guests coming to that table. And that, that helps with pre-event communication tremendously. It helps with post-event communication. Mm -hmm. It helps if you need to pivot into virtual, you can communicate with everybody. It, there are just so many reasons why, even in the short term, it helps, but it really helps over the long term yeah. too, and creates a lot of value. Um, and the other thing you mentioned, like you mentioned the Facebook Live, and like a lot of people used YouTube, you know, because it's mm -hmm. free. I put free in quotes, but right. it's free. <laughs> um, but um, is that like when when we use things like a Facebook Live, it's fine. It's, don't get me wrong. I think anybody that adopts some additional technology, 
go and we are champions for you period because um, we, we know it's hard um, but the reason for using a platform like swell and there are others too that is that like the difference in I might have watched that on Facebook live but no one knows I watched it on Facebook live mm. right right you don't have a data any data capture there but if that Facebook live had been connected to swell and they had and you had everybody had been sent to swell to watch that event the interface is give us your first name, last name, and email, and then they're able to enter and watch the stream. And so gotcha. just in that process of creating that little wall there, you capture all the data. Mm-hmm. And that gives you somebody to follow up with who has heard your message. And to me, that's the, that's the real win in, in, in doing that. Yeah. So. You know, something else that was around pre-pandemic but mm-hmm. really seems to have hit its stride now or the whole idea about QR codes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> What's been your experience? You were talking about how early on you felt like you probably had too savvy of a technical platform for nonprofits. And we QR did. codes were and part QR of And QR codes were one of that. Yeah. Um, I remember the day a programmer came in five years ago and he had built this awesome way where the where the QR code for a donate page would pop up on the screen during an event and everybody at the event could just hold their phone up and get the donate page it was a really great idea um, I don't know if they, um, it was a really great idea um, and I was sitting there and I said that's a great idea no one knows how to use a QR code <laughs> so I'm not you know so it was like and, and, and I hated that because it was a great idea and the, that whole concept of people everybody in a room, because I don't know if you know, you can, you can, your phone can read a QR code from quite a distance. Yeah. And so, um, and he had played with that anyway. <laughs> I, it was so hard to burst I, that bubble. I, I was guilty of that as well um, for the nonprofit I was working with. Oh yeah. 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 But today, people know how to use QR codes. Yeah. And so we're launching. We we just launched um, in the last two weeks QR codes as a feature on every event in our system. Every client has a QR code to a donate page. It's actually customizable, mm-hmm. so you can make it different colors and put your logo in it. And um, and we just think that that's a great technology. Yeah. Um, and it's easier than text to donate. Lovely. Well, Brooke, great to reconnect. This was fun. This was fun. Yeah. And uh, we'll look forward to continue working together in 2022. So, Can't wait. Yeah, thanks Can't so wait. much. Yeah. Thank you.